Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 73 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I chat with Crystal Oliveria, who is the founder of Career Conversationalist. Parents hire Crystal to help their child transition successfully from school to the workforce. We had a nugget-filled conversation about what business skills successful entrepreneurs need to have, marketing to messaging match, understanding customer acquisition, and so, so, so much more. But before we dig in, here's a short message from our sponsor. Financing is a critical part of starting or growing a business. If you need financing for your business, Credit Line One is number one for business, personal, and real estate credit lines. Credit Line One offers no upfront cost financing for your business, personal, or real estate needs. Head over to creditlineone.com/enow to get started. That's creditlineone.com/enow. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, Elsie Flinnard. All right, Crystal. Can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, first of all, Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm super excited to to get to know you better and to hear about you and your business. One question that I always like to ask my guests, and it, it's kind of kind of funny, but I want to know about you. And feel free to go all the way back to the day you were born, or you can start current day. Tell us about yourself. All right. Um, well, thank you for having me as a guest. I do feel a little awkward talking about the day I was born because I don't remember it. Um, But I will say that I was told I was an ambitious kid and very much a dreamer. And I think a lot of that just had to do with my dad and how he raised me to be a lady, but also to be really resourceful and just be very imaginative and creative. Tell us a little bit about about you. What do you like to do for uh, for fun or to um, to relax? I love to dance. I love to eat. I love to hang out. I like traveling. I'm a big reader. Um, I tend to read a lot of nonfiction books. I kind of geek out when it comes to business, entrepreneurship. I love to attend the different conferences. My favorite conferences are the ones where they have you dancing between the breaks This as a way to raise the energy in the room. And it's just one of those like raise the roof, have fun, you're dancing. You get to have the cocktail parties with the wine glass in one hand and the business card in the other. And to me, the lines just blur between work and play. You mentioned that you love you love to dance. What kind of dance? Any kind of dance or 
pretty much anything that has a good rhythm. Um, I like a lot of the Latin stuff. I like some of the R&B stuff. I love belly dancing. One of the things that I don't do well is dance. I am just, it's just not one of the things that I can do well. I enjoy it. It's not too enjoyable for the people who have to watch. <laughs> but <laughs> The secret is, don't worry about who's watching. The less you care, the more all out you'll be, the more they'll enjoy you. Gotcha. I'll have to write that down and take that into, <laughs> take that advice into consideration. If you had to say what your superpower is, what would that be? Making things fun. Making things fun. Now, how does that translate to both your your the personal side of your of Crystal and the business side? Great question. Um, a lot of it is I get bored doing the same thing, and so I have to find ways to keep myself entertained, and so. A lot of times if I don't want to do something, it's because it's boring, it's drudgerous. And so I just figure out what can I do to make it fun? So I want to get it done and I tend to get things done more quickly. And it works out in my personal life because I'm like, oh, okay, I got it done. Like that was easy. I gamified it. And my business life, I've had kids tell me, I've even had adults tell me, just break it down step by step, make it simple, make it fun. Make it simple, make it fun. I need to write that <laughs> down. Make it simple, make it fun. All right. So you mentioned your, your superpower is making it fun. And uh, that translates to your, your uh, kids saying, make, you know, make it simple, make it fun. Tell us about your business. What do you do? I'm a career coach and parents hire me to help the child select a relevant career. Awesome. What does that look like? So what I like to do is I like to encourage kids to explore just because kids are like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a dentist. I want to be a surgeon. And usually the parents are freaking out because they're like, like, I'm going to pay this college tuition and my kid can't make up their mind. I'm like, it's okay. Like, that's what you want. You want your kid to explore if it's going to be a good fit. Like, you want your kid to understand their talents and their strategies and abilities. And so I really teach parents, how do you have an ongoing conversation with your child in a safe environment? And just really teach them the simple things that they can do to really help their child go far. Are parents reaching out? What, what I guess, what's the typical age? Are they 15 years old, 16 years old, or is it typically college age? Very interesting question. The youngest I've had is, I think, uh, someone with a three-year-old. Three? Yeah, 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 I know. Pretty much what happens is kid. it's interesting because parents ask their kid, like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to ride horses. Or, you know, they get these answers and they're like, that's interesting. I'll just wait till my child pick something more realistic. And I'm like, uh -huh. your child has no or very limited real world experience. Why are you asking your child what they want to be at three years old? Wow. <laughs> and then these kids, they grow up and they're like, oh, I want to be a pro soccer player. And then they get to high school and they're not tall enough to be a pro soccer player. And then their first options out the window. It's like, oh, what do you want to do? That doesn't work out. Okay, well, I want to be a pro soccer player coach. Well, how are you going to be a coach if you never played on a pro soccer team? Okay, what's your backup plan? Oh, I want to be a pro soccer player, a sports announcer. <laughs> like, you know, parents get caught up in these traps because they always spent these years asking their kids, what do you, what do you want? So I like to work with kids when they're in junior high and high school. But I also find that I attract a lot of parents where they're like, my kid didn't transition well into college or I spent 10 grand and now they figured out that they don't like that career major. How do I help them figure this out? This is fascinating to me because I didn't know that people like you existed. <laughs> <laughs> now, how do you what's day one look like? You get a you get a call from a parent. They're freaking out. They're like, my kid is 
super confused. They don't know what they want to do. Crystal, please help. Where do you start? Great question. So I usually just start asking them, like, what happened? Where's their kid at? What, how did the situation came about? And I always like to do a discovery session just because every family is different. Everybody has different challenges. And then I have different products and services. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's a good fit, then is it okay if I tell you about a service that I think can help? I'm going to display my entrepreneur disease here and backtrack a little bit. How'd you get into this? Ooh, it's a painful story. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, I was one of those kids who did everything right and had my dream career and got laid off. So pretty much um, went to school to become a fashion designer because I was told that's what I was good at and that's what I should do. And it was the economy and dot com and there was money everywhere, regardless of what idea you had, people were throwing money at it. And so I went to a good school, good reputation, got over $70,000 in grants and scholarships to pay for it, graduated, worked for a great company, and worked my way up the corporate ladder. And then when the housing bubble burst, people weren't interested in buying clothing because they were all worried about losing their homes. And at that point, it was just like, what do I do? And everybody was like, go get a job. I'm like, but I need a career change. Like, I don't want to just make money to pay bills month by month. So it was just, it was a struggle for me, but I didn't realize it was a struggle for other people until a couple of years later. Take us back to that point in time. What shifted in your mindset that rejected the conventional wisdom of, okay, you, you lost a job, get another job. What was that trigger in, within you that said, you know, I don't think that's the right thing. I'll go this direction. A lot of fear. Um, I was in a company that had been around for, I think, 104 years. And we had gotten our paperwork that I guess there's some kind of federal law that when a company files for bankruptcy to reorganize, you're trying to get an investor in. And so we were told we could lose our jobs within 90 days. And it was really interesting because I noticed that a lot of our vendors were being laid off during the same time period. And I had a really smart boss who was like, so are you getting laid off because your company's worried about losing our account? Or is this like a much bigger problem? And they're like, it's a much bigger problem. Like you're just one account. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. I'm going to have to compete for a job with my boss who has a bigger network, more experience. And companies are scared to hire because customers aren't spending money. And I'm like, I can't compete two years out of college with someone who has 30 plus years. And there's all these people out there. Like, I got to do something different where I'm going to be successful. And it just felt like no one was talking about what careers, where the jobs were. Like industries grow and they expand and they contract. And just because I've always been interested in business, having sold jewelry in high school, I kind of had that business mindset. I was already kind of thinking differently. And I'm like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, I think it would be easier to get a job in a market that's expanding. But no one was saying anything. So it was just, it was irritating. It was really irritating. <laughs> well, you know, they say those things that irritate you, uh, the problems that irritate <laughs> you are the ones that you were sent to solve. So <laughs> yeah, makes sense. I like to think of it as like an oyster, like that little grain of salt or sand is just irritable and just grows bigger and mm -hmm. bigger. Yeah. So you, you have the, the, that experience, you um, are going, going in a different direction, 
you start Fair conversationalist. What did that look like in the early days? I'm, I'm sure I'm quite sure it didn't look like it does now. Uh-oh. Give us an insight into what that was like when when you first started. Uh, it's been one disaster after another <laughs> for something that everybody wants. Like it started off with how do you afford college? And I'd get all these parents who were like, oh, I'm interested in your service, but I can't afford to pay you. So I was like, okay. And then I had one parent who was like, oh, well, you know, my biggest challenge is in affording college because I have $100,000 saved in the bank. And I want to make sure that my kid selects a relevant career that utilizes his talents and abilities. I'm thinking, great. She has money. She can afford to pay me. And just the marketing to message match, like. I've hung out with all these online marketers and I've done all these programs and yeah, it sounds really easy to just jump into online marketing and throw your offer out there, but there's so much fine tuning and tweaking and getting feedback from parents and finding out like what people are willing to pay for and just the nuances and the differences. Like a parent who has a kid that didn't transition into college well is at a bigger pain point than a parent who's worried about how do I afford college, but they already in the back of their mind know they're going to take out student or parent loans. Like they're two different emotional triggers and they're willing, there's a different message for each of them. So even though I'm still helping them select a relevant career and become successful and transition successfully, they're different messages and different offers. If you have to say your top one or two keys to success are, what would those be? Oh, um, find really good mentors that can accept feedback. Um, meaning if you take the program and it doesn't work out for you, you can give them feedback and because they care so much about their audience that they will give you extra insight, um, tips and tricks. And the other one is just have a conversation, someone you can trust and just let them know, Hey, I'm down and out. I'm feeling, um, burned out. I'm feeling disappointed. I'm feeling stressed. And then they'll just let you know that's that's part of the journey. Like, you're not alone, even though you feel like it. Just keep going and maybe you need to find better resources or hang out with other people. But every entrepreneur who's had a major success has also had a major failures. And they don't talk about that or publicize that nearly as much as they do about their successes. Why are you successful, right? Because you could have given up. I'm sure it wasn't easy. How'd you get over those challenges? What was your mindset? I pretty much hope for the best, prepare for the worst. One of the other things that I I love to ask people, and it's always interesting to get the answer, is if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? Mm. One of the conversations I would like to have, I've met this person, but we didn't actually have a conversation. Um, It was more like I was at his book signing and it was like, hi, smile, wave, sign my book. But it's Robert Kiyosaki, and I love his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, What the Rich Teach the Middle Class, or What the Rich Teach Their Kids at the Poor and Middle Class Don't. And I'd really like to have a conversation about his view on education and the gig economy, because I see so many people working three to four jobs or struggling to get by. There are a lot of people being pushed into self-employment, and I just have a lot of questions about what things can be done to speed up entrepreneurship because a lot of kids, one of my personal pet peeves is kids that go to college to become a lawyer or a doctor and they open up their own practice and they have no business skills and they have no idea how to get a client, how to keep them. And it's really when their practice grows that they create jobs. 
And so I think our schools are missing a lot of that and just really wanting to have an in-depth conversation with him where I can really pick his brain, challenge him. And because heat and fire and pressure make a diamond, I think we'd get a lot of jewels by kind of (laughs) going at it. Now, I'm curious to know from you, what are your thoughts on that? Right. Because the world is changing. The you know, the world is continuing to to shrink. Um, We have access to technology. I can be talking to you now and we're in two completely different locations. What do you think we can do? To, to number one, help existing businesses succeed, um, at a, at a higher rate because the business failure rate is just astronomical. And what could we do as entrepreneurs, business owners to, to create an environment where kids want to become entrepreneurs? I think that first thing we need to acknowledge is there's a lot of skill sets that business owners need that aren't taught in school. And so, I think how the re- number one reasons people or businesses fail is because they don't have enough cash flow to sustain them while they learn all these skill sets that weren't taught in school. And then when they go out into the marketplace, they have so much to advise to choose. Well, if you're just starting a company, the marketing plan or marketing funnel you need is different than if you already have existing cash flow and you're looking to scale. And there's a difference between scaling from six figures to seven figures and scaling from seven figures and beyond. So I think people just really need to be aware that like when they're seeking for advice, understand where you are and where you want to be. Yes, everybody tells you to dream really big. And so I've dreamed of becoming a seven figure earner. And then I built the seven figure marketing funnel. And then I crashed and burned because I didn't know how to drive 10,000 clicks. And I'm like, You know, so it's just like, but being aware of that, like, yes, dream big, but know that you're going to have to scale to get up to that point and have conversations. Like people will tell you their failures because they want someone to listen to them just as much as they'll tell you about their successes because they want to brag. What are some of those business skills that, because I'll, I'll tell you a little background. Enterprise now, we we exist for that reason, because as, as you said, there are skills that you absolutely have to have as a business owner that most business owners, unfortunately, especially on the small business side, just don't have. They are technicians. They are good at cutting hair or they're good at landscaping or whatever the, the skill is, but they're not really good at business. What are some of those business skills that are needed in order for uh, business owners to be successful? I would say understanding the process of acquiring a client and then understanding what it takes to keep that client coming back. One of the things that I struggled with is people always talk about sales. And it wasn't until I had some really good mentors where I realized that what they do is they create a gap between their problem, their solution. And then they say, so they get them to acknowledge it. Like you're in pain. Do you want to stay there? Do you want to? Oh, a nugget was people pay to get out of hell. They don't pay to get into heaven. And for me, it was like, okay, like that makes a lot of sense because if I look at the clients who are most willing to pay my asking price without hesitating, it's the people who are in a lot of pain who are like, I don't know what I'm going to do if my child doesn't succeed. They've already spent, you know, $10,000. The people who are worried about it, like, yeah, I'm worried about affording college and it's not as big of a deal. They're like, yeah, I'll 
buy, you know, like a smaller program to kind of test drive it because you're not in that pain. And then another major nugget for me that I gained was they say, is this a good fit for me? Are you a good fit for my service? And I think too many people think of sales as I'm a good salesperson if I can sell you anything and everything underneath the sun. And that's not what good salespeople do. They vet people out and they say, well, I don't want bad customers. I know not everybody's a good fit. The whole point of why I got into business is so I could work with people who I want to work with and not everybody's a good fit for me. And just really understanding like who they are, who they want to do business with, and just taking the standpoint of, is it a good fit or not? And then it, it removes all that like bad or dirty energy people have about sales because it's not about selling you anything. It's about making you an offer. If I feel like you'd be a good fit, and I truly could help you. Wow. There's a lot that I want to ask about that. <laughs> let me let me try to gather my thoughts here. Okay, so you you Thank you, you said a lot. Where where do I start? Okay, so bad customers. How do you gain the? Because maturity, I think, is what it is. Is being a mature business person. You understand that every customer is not a good customer. How do you arrive at that? Are can you offer my listeners a shortcut to that? Other than having to go through the pain of having a bad customer, how do you, how do you get that maturation to say, okay, here's who, here's who I was sent here to help. Here are the people who, um, are, would be my ideal customer. And these are the customers that are bad customers. How do you get there? Since you're big into mindset, I will say one of the things that helped me is I heard a mentor say, not all money is good money. And for me, that means like, you know, if you're desperate and you need sales, you're going to take whatever customers you can get. You might be needy. And I think that's where people fall into a trap because it ends up costing them more money down the line. And people aren't, they feel like, oh, I, if I need the money, then I need to serve everybody that comes my way. And it feels like you're chasing customers versus attracting them. And if you say, like one of the tips I learned is who do you want to serve? Well, I don't know. Like I want to serve all families who need help. Well, that doesn't really narrow it down. But if I think about people who I like to hang out with and who I'm with and okay, well, I go to these personal development events and I like to dance and I think about where I like to hang out. That's where I meet my best clients is people who have that same mindset who go to those events. They invest in personal development. They understand the importance of their kids. And so it was really easy to say, okay, well, my ideal client is, and then describe, you know, the people that go to the professional events the development events and just make a list of all these people that I enjoy. And if you have clients, great, start there, make a list of your favorite clients and all the things that they have in common. If you don't have clients or you're struggling to have clients or you haven't really quite figured it out, just look inward and say, what is it that I like to do? Who's it I want to hang out with? That's actually another good piece of advice I gave is, or I received was, who do you want to hang out with? Like, um, I know someone who, who's a seven figure uh, income earner. And that's what she's by like, that's her threshold. Like if she can serve someone, she like, she doesn't want to work with um, anybody that sucks her energy dry. And so she's like, do I want to hang out with you? If the answer is yes, like we're cool. We'll go to a restaurant. We'll chill. I'll invite you over to my house. Then I want you as a client. But if I'm getting this like negative vibe, she's like, nope i'm good <laughs> like i think you so someone else that could serve you better that is really really good advice um so <laughs> i have a couple of more questions and then i'll I'll let you get out of here 
if you had to give um, the enterprisers an actionable tip that they can implement today, hearing this interview, what would it be? Go talk to your customers. Go find out what their pain point is and what else you can offer them. And a lot of times just spending a couple dollars on a cup of coffee or just calling and saying, thank you. You know, I'm curious if there's anything else I can do. You'll be surprised. They'll open up and they'll tell you, these are my other pain points, or this is what you haven't addressed, or this is what else I'd be interested in. And then create your new product or service around that. We have come to the end of our conversation. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. I have about a page and a half of notes here. I'm just trying to, to look at all this, this good stuff. I call it, I call them <laughs> golden nuggets. I have like several golden nuggets here. So I want to thank you for sharing, uh, because, um, I know a lot of times, especially successful people, um, you're really busy. You have a uh, hundred things that you could be doing, but you're, you're here with me and you're, you're sharing your, your knowledge and wisdom. So I really do appreciate that. Absolutely. My pleasure. And you know what? If I can help shorten the learning curve, for someone else so they don't have as many struggles like that's an absolute pleasure awesome awesome so um with that if you want to uh, shoot out your contact information website email the so that folks who have kids who are struggling um finding where they want to go they can reach out to you yes um certainly you can find me on social media if you just look under my name crystal oliveria which is o-l-i-v-a-r-r-i-a you can find me under career conversationalist you can visit my website at careerconversationalist.com, but I highly encourage you to go to sevenwaystohelp.com. And what it is, is I have a complimentary offer. If you're wondering about seven ways to help your child select a relevant career and have a converse, ongoing conversation, and what that looks like, I'd certainly encourage you to pick up that complimentary gift. Cool, cool, cool. So thank you again, Crystal, for being with us. Enterprisers, that was awesome. I'll just say that that was that was just awesome. There are tons and tons and tons of golden nuggets, concepts and insights. We talk all the time about mindset. Crystal has a successful mindset. Get into her brain. <laughs> Think like she thinks. <laughs> operate how she operates and you will be successful as well. Uh, regardless of your uh, industry or whatever it is that you're doing, mindset is key. Operate in your awesome zone. Go out to the down, to the website and download the three P's to empowerment. Understand your path. Understand your purpose and understand your passion. Once you're operating in your uh, your awesome zone, then you can call Crystal and say, Crystal, how can I maximize what I know uh, is my path, my purpose and my passion? So thank you guys so much. We would not be able to do what we do without you guys. So thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.